This is Tom Vargelettis with the Full-Time Real Estate Photographer Podcast. Have a listener question for you today. This is a question sent in by Pro on Instagram. I'll plug his Instagram towards the end here. So Mac sent in a couple of comments about money handling. So we've been talking a lot about money in the business and specifically he was asking about the legal side of setting up an LLC, best practices for handling money and taxes, etc. So this particular question is something that we all kind of ask ourselves out of the gate. It can seem really intimidating. It can seem like a huge barrier of entry into business and it really isn't. It's actually super simple and easy to go through. And I'll kind of guide you guys through the steps that I take when I'm starting an LLC. I've had the learning experience of starting and closing a few LLCs over the years. So I've gone through this a few times and I still have involvement in other businesses that are larger and smaller in in scale. So from this perspective of just general business procedure, it's it's not too difficult to get into and for all different kinds of businesses. Now, some businesses you do need special certifications or licensing for, but in photography, you do not. So I'm going to try and keep the advice specifically for photography, but you can use this if you have other business ideas as well. So first off, when you're thinking about getting into business, a lot of entrepreneurs, probably most of them, are going to say, okay, I need a logo, I need a website, I need to form an LLC, I need to set up my taxes and everything. And that's just not really, that's not the case. So if you're thinking about actually getting into business, just start doing it. Just go out, get some clients if you can, and just start doing it. You're going to find that it's a lot more difficult to get uh, customers and to start making sales than it is to set up um, an LLC and a business bank account. So as I always like to share for advice, you should really be trying to make money before you go out spending it, even if you've got some cash in the bank. I've had... The experience, unfortunately, of doing just this, this was years ago, I decided I was going to start a food truck business. I I don't know why. I have no experience in the food service industry. I had no experience managing or running a business. I don't even like to cook, but you know what? Hey, it seemed like a good idea at the time. I bought a truck. I built it out. I bought the domain. I set up the website. I bought the LLC, paid for all of that, hired an accountant, set up my EIN. I did all this work before I had a single sale. And lo and behold, it turned out to be a failed business. Now, if you want to get into food service, there are some things that you have to do first. Like you have to have obviously the restaurant set up. You obviously need to, to have a board of health approval. But The time that I wasted on logo design should have been spent on, I don't know, setting up a menu, actually preparing food, getting good at what I'm supposed to be selling to people. And this applies to in the photography business. So I had learned that lesson 
And in my own business, I just started out when I decided, okay, I'm going to do a photography business. I just went out and, and started getting clients. That's step one. You know, I built up my portfolio. I started going to do office presentations and networking with agents and starting to go out on on paid jobs. I had actually made a pretty, pretty good amount of money before I formally formed an LLC and um, set up all the taxing and everything. Now, once you do that, you have to kind of backdate your accounts, obviously, you still have to account for the money made and the money spent and everything. You still have to keep track of it. But if you are going to try and start a business, just focus on starting the business for right now because a lot of businesses never even get off the ground, even if you do everything right. If you want to take this seriously, you want to go out and start making some money as a primary source of income, put that on like the back burner for now. Obviously, we're going to address that and I'm going to tell you how. But as far as timing goes, don't waste valuable time that you could be using right now to make connections and start actually building your business. You know, it's important and it has to be done. But what does it matter if you have a business checking account with a $0 balance? (laughs) What's the point? And then if it takes you a week or a month to now build up your portfolio or actually get your first paid shoot, you know, you spent that money and... Yeah, you've got those things that you do need, but you probably would have been better off spending that on like gear, (laughs) Um, buy pizza or or cater a a lunch or a lunch and learn event or something with your potential clients for an office meeting. That's going to have a much bigger return on your investment. And then with income from paid photo shoots, go out and set up your LLC. So that said, (laughs) if you're not familiar with business at all it's gonna seem really intimidating but it's just not it's not it is work there's things that you have to do it's not like flipping on a light switch and then you're done Uh, there are some steps you have to follow but it's not difficult anybody can do it and here's how so your first step is going to be making sure you have the right name for your business if you want to have a creative or an imaginative name you want to figure that out first. And then you want to figure out if that's going to be your domain name for your website. If you don't really think you're going to need a website for your business, that's fine. Just get a domain before somebody else does. It's going to be really inconvenient down the line if you can't even have a website for your portfolio that's like the same name as your business. So, you know, figure out your business name. Like me, I just use my initials. I just use my initials, TV photography. I bought tv.photography, and then I bought a bunch of variations on that name. So what you'll want to do is whenever you pick your business, identity, your brand name, whatever you want to call it, go ahead and buy all of the domain names that are like kind of close, maybe even some misspellings if you can get them. Because what you're going to do is you're going to point all of them to the main URL. So if you have someone who accidentally misspelled or added an extra word like the abcimagingphotography.com or something like that like you want to be able to pick all of that traffic up and not have people go to like a redirect or a you know buy this domain and GoDaddy or whatever 
So just do that. They're like $12 a year through Google domains. If you want to save a couple dollars, you can set up an account with Namecheap. Namecheap is another domain registrar like GoDaddy and so many others, but it's like $9, $10 per year per domain. Uh, that would be step one, the name. And like I said, don't stop dead in your tracks and say, oh, I got to figure out my name first. I can't do anything else then. It's, it's okay if you're not like 100% on it right now. But when you go to like set up an LLC in a business banking account, you want to have the name of your business down first. And if you're going to have a name for your business, you're going to want to have a URL for it. Whether you believe in websites or not, you're going to need a website. I have an episode about setting up websites. It's a previous podcast episode, so feel free to check that out. But yeah, get your name down. And then with your name, you can then go and set up an EIN. So if you live in the United States, there is an IRS website that's public for anyone to access, and you can create your uh, tax ID number. You don't want to use your own personal social. Um, you might need your personal social to set up a business bank account, but for the business itself and when you're filing tax returns for the business, get an EIN. It's free. It takes five minutes to do it online. You just set it up and then they email you a PDF with your EIN number. You're going to need that. And then you're going to want to set up your address. So here's a nifty little trick that I don't think anybody really knows about. But a few people do. If you want to use a personal residential address, you can, but it's not really the best idea. So having business mail come to your house, it just kind of blurs that line that separates you, your person with your business's entity. So it's a good idea to have a commercial address, a business address that is separate from your personal residential address. And then forward thinking like way down the line, if you ever want to sell your business and move out of the state or whatever, um, you can sell that address to go with the business. And then you don't have to deal with like all these redirects and contacting people with a new address and updating them. Now, a lot of us are thinking, well, I mean, if I'm starting my business, what am I gonna go open an office? No. Maybe a few of us do know about co-working spaces or virtual offices, which are also a good idea, but they tend to be a little bit pricey. I'm talking about something that is very cheap where you can get a business address, and that is through the UPS store. So if you have a UPS store in your town or in a town near you, they're kind of like P.O. boxes, but you don't get a P.O. number. If you were to go to your post office and set up a P.O. box, you're going to have a tough time using that address to set up, let's say, a business checking account. They might not like to see that on your LLC. And you definitely can't get certain things mailed to a P.O. box. They just won't take it. However, with the UPS store out here in Massachusetts, it's like $200 a year. And you get a box that is an actual street address. It's a street number a suite number or a unit number, which is your box. And then, you know, your town, your zip code and everything like that. And you can use that address for everything, which I highly, highly recommend. If you have a UPS store near you, definitely do that. Even if you have an office, uh, because this way 
you can have all of your checks sent there. You can have all of your expensive equipment and everything sent there. Someone will be there during business hours to sign for it. Uh, you don't have to have a body just sitting around wasting time at an office or at a home address, you know, wondering when the thing's going to get there so they can move on with their day. You can get a UPS store box and it's so cheap. You get it for the whole year. It's also pretty neat. They send you an email whenever you get a new piece of mail. So this is not a sponsored post from the UPS. I'd love to have UPS as a podcast sponsor, but this is something that I'm doing in my own business and I just wanted to share it with you. So you get your tax ID, you get your business address. If there's no UPS store near you, or let's say you're not in the United States and the UPS just isn't really a thing, you could do a little bit of research to find something that's an equivalent. And failing all of that, you could, of course, use your personal address. But I would just double check with your local town, city, whatever, to make sure it's okay to actually receive business mail at a personal address. There might be a, a problem in some areas. I know there definitely is in the United States if you have a lot of traffic. I can receive business mail to my house, but if I can't set up a barber shop or anything or, or an auto body shop in the garage and then have like a line of traffic up and down the street. That would cause a lot of problems. Mail, not so much. So you'd want to do like some casual research. Maybe ask a couple business owners in town what they do or if they've heard of any limitations just to be on the safe side. But yeah, if you can use a UPS store box, just do it. It's so, so worth it. Okay, so now you have a business name. You have a UPS store business address, and you have your tax ID number. Now you're going to get a phone number. Are you going to use your own personal phone number? No, come on. Do you really want to be getting business calls on the same phone number that you're using to call your parents or your kids? You know, when you're getting a phone call, you want to know if it's not a saved number on your contacts, whether you should pick up or not. And if every single number is coming in on the same line, you're going to be like, oh, geez, what is this? You might be in the middle of something. You might be at a family event. And do you really want to accidentally pick up a business call that kind of wraps you into something you don't want to get off the phone? All day long, I'll get calls from real estate agents saying, oh, can you move this? Can you change that? The color of the driveway was a little gray in the sun. Could we make it look black? They're going to seal coat it. You know, do, do you want to take those phone calls when you're like sitting around at dinner with your family? I mean, maybe you do, but probably a lot of us are not going to. And even if you don't care and you do want those calls to come in on your phone, you still want to have it separate from your business because this is going to be a public number that anybody's going to see and you're going to start getting robocalls, you're going to start getting random solicitations all day, all the time, and you want to be able to control that. Now, you don't want to limit yourself with a physical office phone and you don't want to incorporate the expense, the unnecessary expense of buying a second phone and it's inconvenient Actually, a friend of mine, he, he owns a store in town and he has two phones with him that he carries everywhere. And it's super obnoxious to stack them up on like the tabletop at the restaurant. I'm like, dude, just leave one of them in your, in your car. But, but no, he's getting calls on two phones. It's super irritating and inconvenient and it's expensive. You don't need to spend the money on a second phone. Here's what you do. 
if you are familiar with the G Suite of services, I'm using G Suite with everything. I'm using them for my email account, my tom at ftrephoto.com. That email is run through G Suite. My business domain is hosted through Google Domains. I, I'm using G Suite for everything. My scripts for my cold caller, my leads, like it's on a Google Sheet, everything's on these Google products. It's, it's really incredible, the number of products and services. And it's like five bucks a month for the the email. And, you know, I pay, I pay more for that, for the Google Drive and everything. But also not a sponsored post. But if you're looking for a good technology solution, I highly recommend G Suite. I couldn't do my business without it. G Suite also includes something called Google Voice, which is free for anyone to use. And you can set up a separate local phone number, a real phone number. You can have it forwarded to your phone if you so desire, or you can download the Google Voice app. You can send and receive phone calls and text messages for free. And it's all in the Google Voice app, which is super easy to just shut it off. There's a way to like authorize or deauthorize an account through Google Voice. So you could actually just cut it off and not even get notifications on it if you didn't want to. Let's say you're out with your friends or your family, you're doing something, you're like, I don't even want to see a text message come in. You can totally switch that off. Or, you know, keep it on and then you see notifications come in on the Google Voice phone number or if you forwarded it to your phone, you'd see the Google Voice number call you with the forwarding. And then you can make your determination as to, you know, am I going to take this or not right then. Google Voice is great, free, super easy to use. And you get that phone number that you can put on your invoice, that you can put on your website, that anybody can call anytime. It's a real number and they can always reach you. That is a really powerful tool. Something else that I like to use is Skype. Skype for, I think it's like 50 or $60 a year. You can buy a Skype account with unlimited calling and a Skype number with unlimited calling. I actually use that for my cold callers when I set them up on our auto dialers. We were using Mojo and we use Skype as the caller ID. So Skype is another VOIP option. You can get the Skype app on your computer and on your phone, just like Google Voice. And you can send and receive calls. Text messages, I think, cost money, though, with Skype. I think I use that for my office phone and for some cold caller IDs. And... They're both great options, but I would go for Google Voice first. Honestly, it's free and it's it's pretty good. <laughs> it's it's basically like getting that second phone instead of having a physical second phone. Okay, what do we have now? Your name, your phone number, your address, your tax ID. Now we're ready to set up an LLC. In Massachusetts, you can go to because, you know, Of course, that's where I am. So that's what I know the most about. You can go to the uh, Massachusetts corporate website and then you can go to the page where, where you can actually set up an LLC online. Depending on how tech savvy your state government is, uh, you might have to still use paper forms by fax or mail or in person. I'm going to imagine that probably most, if not all states are going to let you file online by now. Most of them, most of them should. And, uh, you know, depending on what country you are in, I'd love to get some feedback from listeners in other countries around the world as to, you know, is it easy to file for LLCs online? Is that even possible? 
I'm going to imagine that it's most likely the case going to be able to file for a new business entity online. The exact nature of the business, the cost and the process you go through might be a little bit different, but I'm going to bet it's going to be pretty similar. You just have to know what business entity you want in the United States. You want a limited liability corporation. You could set up a special corporation, um, an S-corp, but the LLC is slightly cheaper and you get basically the same level of protection. Now, if you wanted to build your business up and like have a board of directors and have people invest and buy shares of stock in your business, you'd want to go for the corporation because then you can issue shares of stock. But LLC is going to be the way to go for most, if not all, photographers. And then when you go to hire people, you can hire them on a uh, subcontractor basis and 1099 them. I'll, I'll get into the tax stuff in a minute. But that's that's the process that you're going to go through. You get your name, you get your tax ID, you get your business address, your phone number, and then you use all that information to set up the LLC and the forms online or if the printed forms, however you want to do it, they have instructions there. Please don't pay an attorney a bajillion dollars to fill out something that you can do in 20 minutes. And then, you know, the in Massachusetts, in Massachusetts, it's like a it's like a five or hundred or six hundred dollar filing fee. It might be different depending on your state or or wherever you're filing from. But there's usually a fee associated with filing. And that's also an annual uh, renewal fee. You have to file annually with the state government, you know, that your corporation is still in business and pay your corporate taxes and look forward to letters from them every year asking for more money. But that's what governments do, right? They collect money. (laughs) Now, with your LLC officially formed and all this other information, now we're going to go and create a bank account. Take any bank of your choosing. I use a few different bank accounts. I have an account with Bank of America. I have an account with some local banks, these digital federal credit union. I have an account with Citizens Bank. One of my businesses has another local small one, Boston Private Capital. Like it, it doesn't matter really which one you go for. I would recommend finding a bank that has free checking accounts. There, there are a few that have business accounts that like have a monthly fee associated with them. And even if you know for sure you're going to have a balance that's above whatever the limit that would effectively make the checking account free, if you're starting out, I would say just try and find a bank with free checking and with a reliable online, with a reliable uh, mobile app and website. Because what you're, you're going to want to do is you're going to want to use your bank account to receive checks. And if they have a pretty good mobile app, you just take photos of the check on your phone so you don't have to keep running back and forth to the bank. It's going to save you a ton of time. You want to be able to, you know, actually log in, check your bank account, do stuff with the money that you're making. You know, I like, I really, really recommend a free checking account. I just don't like the idea of having to pay for a checking account. I mean, the bank already is using your money. (laughs) They're doing whatever the hell they want with it. Why should I have to pay a fee while they are holding it? That's just my opinion. So now that you have your bank account, your tax ID number, your LLC, all of this stuff, 
your legal entity is set up, you're going to also want to set up how you'll be taking credit card payments or debit card payments. You could say check or cash only, but that's going to be inconvenient for some of your clients. I mean, if most of your clients are all cash or check, I mean, that's fine. Then you're done. But for me, a lot of my clients like to pay online or they like to pay over their phone. So I'm using PayPal. It's been super reliable for me. There's a couple hoops you got to jump through to set up the business account. Like you have to verify yourself, your contact information and everything. But what you're going to do is you're going to use your business address. You're going to use your business tax ID, your business phone number. You're going to use all of that to set up a business PayPal account. PayPal has a great business app for your phone so you can track invoices and see activity. PayPal Business also has a feature where you can set up administrative accounts where you can limit their access. So I have an admin that all he can do is he can log in, create draft invoices. I don't let him send anything. So it just saves you a lot of time down the road when you're using virtual assistants. But for now, PayPal is just really handy for setting up and tracking invoices. You can create an invoice for services rendered. You can create an invoice template that has your business contact information on it, your logo, and then you send out your invoice via email. Anyone can view it. They can print it for their own records. They can print it and mail it to you with a check, or they can just click the pay online with PayPal. Super convenient. You may also want to set up a Venmo account. I do have a lot of people that like to use Venmo. I've had one person so far use the Cash app to pay me. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, as long as I'm collecting money, I'm happy. I don't care what venue it's going through. So I set all these things up on an as-needed basis. If you're going to do credit card transactions, I recommend PayPal. I mean, they're a square, which is pretty good. Occasionally, you'll have someone who's concerned about, like, security and safety with their personal information. There is no major country on this planet that has not had some sort of a data breach, but PayPal, even if you've heard something about it not being totally perfectly secure, it's one of the most secure ones. And PayPal owns Venmo. So (laughs) I've had people that are like, no, I don't like PayPal. They're not, they're not safe to use. I'm going to use Venmo. (laughs) And, you know, I didn't say anything, but PayPal owns Venmo and it's a multi-billion dollar business. So it's going to be safe for you to use. They're also really good on their payment protection as well. I have had some instances where a real estate agent forgot that they paid me via PayPal. They saw the PayPal transaction on their credit card statement and they reversed it. Or not the credit card, on on, um, on their debit card statement. And they filed a complaint. PayPal held the funds from me in escrow and I was able to submit all the documents. Like here's the email exchange. Here's the snapshot of the calendar event. Here's the... F- link to the MLS listing. They hired me for photography services on this date. And then I sent them the invoice and then they paid it. Then PayPal, they reviewed it and they released the funds. So that was pretty convenient for me. The listing agent was, you know, basically none the wiser. I didn't have to call them and complain and say, Hey, you jerk, you reversed the transaction. What the heck's the matter with you? (laughs) I was able to resolve it pretty quickly. Now you've got all of your business entity and your financial infrastructure set up. It, it takes some time. I doubt you'd be able to do all of this in one day. If Maybe you could if you didn't really have anything else going on. But like it's a lot of running back and forth. And sometimes for setting up the LLC, you have to like wait to receive the confirmation in an email or something. 
I know with Massachusetts, they're not too responsive about that. So I, I had to proactively check for when the LLC was officially formed. And then I could just print the docs online. Now, bear in mind, once you start doing this, once you set up a business address and a business entity, you're going to start getting junk mail. And I don't know if this is nationwide or an international thing, but the first piece of mail that I got was a letter that looked like an official state letter that said, congratulations on forming your LLC. Now receive a copy of your business certificate. And here's the return envelope and you get to send in a $90 check. And I'm like, damn, I just paid $600 for the LLC. I bought all this other stuff. Now I got to send it. I'm like, oh, geez. I was getting ready to write a check, but then I thought about it. I thought a little bit and I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. I searched for the corporation online and sure enough, you can just print it for free. You can just print it right off the state website. And then after some digging, yeah, it's like a scam. I mean, maybe they would have actually done that. They would have gone on the website for free and printed my business certificate and mailed it back for $90. Maybe that's a service that they offer. But in my mind, that's kind of like a scam. So just, so just bear in mind, be thoughtful about correspondence that you get. Once you start forming a business entity, and especially once you start making money, you're going to get solicited like crazy. You're going to get letters and phone calls and emails and things. People are going to try and find you too sell you on whatever service and you need to really uh, analyze and think critically about each service and whether you need it or not like do you really need accounting well let's find out now that your infrastructure is set up i have other episodes and a whole book about actually running the business taking photos getting clients and everything so we're going to gloss over that you can find the book I'll mention it more at the end of the podcast. The links are also in the description and feel free to look to uh, previous episodes. But now that you are selling photography services and you're taking in money, what are you going to do about taxes? Well, you can do all of your accounting manually and there's very few people that have the patience or the interest in even trying to do that. And maybe the first thing you're going to think is, well, I need to go see an accountant. And when you're actually looking at a pretty significant source of income to where, let's say it would take you five hours to do your taxes. And in that five hours, you could go and make like a couple thousand dollars. Then you're going to say, you know, what? I'd rather pay an accountant to do it for, you know, three, four, five hundred because it's, it's going to be cheaper for you. But until you get to that point, it would actually be cheaper for you to manage things on your own. Now, you could go out and buy some ledger books and just start writing down transactions, debiting and crediting accounts and seeing what your actual net profits are and then calculating your taxes off of that. It takes a special kind of person to want to do that. But for everybody else, I recommend QuickBooks. QuickBooks is super easy and convenient with Intuit. QuickBooks also has an invoicing feature, but I don't recommend it. I tried to use Intuit, the QuickBooks self-employed invoicing feature. If you're not familiar, QuickBooks is owned by Intuit. It's a software company. They do accounting. They also own and they, they run TurboTax. If you've ever filed your taxes online with TurboTax, it's the same, same company. With invoicing, I had made some money through them using their invoices. And because I had an established business that was making money and then I just instantly at one point switched over to Intuit. They froze the money up in my account for like more than a month. 
like I mentioned the PayPal thing, the resolution process, it wasn't like snap your fingers and the money's freed up, but you know, there was a pretty clear process and it went through not rapidly, not overnight, but pretty quickly and with Intuit, it was not. I mean, maybe you'll have a different experience. Maybe you already use them and you already have a different experience. But as far as the QuickBooks self-employed invoicing feature goes, I I don't personally recommend it. I don't like feeling like I'm going to have money locked up for absolutely no reason and with no notice as to when it will be unlocked and actually accessible. If I was fresh and new in my business, that would have been a big problem, but you know, I had savings up until that point. And I was able to quickly just switch back to PayPal and continue on. I had only lost, you know, $1,000 or so for a few months. But the accounting feature is really, really good. So you can get QuickBooks self-employed. If you're using a major bank, you can log into your bank through QuickBooks and link it. You can also connect your... PayPal account, I believe. If not, you can download PayPal transactions and upload them into QuickBooks. You can do that weekly or monthly. If you if you have a bank that you can't easily connect to QuickBooks, you can do the same thing. Download and upload a CSV of transactions. I know it's not like the most convenient thing in the world, but uh, the QuickBooks app is really powerful. So you can get an app on your phone. It's the QuickBooks self-employed app. You can switch on the mileage tracker or something like that. You can let the app use location services to track your movements and it automatically logs commutes. So if you're driving, it will log your miles. And then in the app, you can run through all the day's transactions and flag them as personal or business. And if you're just using QuickBooks self-employed for business and you're using your business banking account, PayPal and everything, these should all be business. And then your miles, of course, will depend on whether it's a business trip or not. It logs all of this and then it approximates the monthly taxes that you owe to the government. So you're accounting for your income and your expenses and your miles and you're you know working with whatever deductions you can get and then it gives you that guesstimation of you know your taxes for the month should be x you can then log into the irs website set up a business account and pay that month's taxes so at the end of that month all the money you have in your bank account is actually your money (laughs) isn't that a wonderful thing and this is how you can stay compliant with the taxes. Uh, some people like to do a quarterly and some just wait to the end of the year. Personally, even though I'm pretty good with money, I like to know that what I'm looking at is actually mine and and that I'm not going to have to split it up six ways to Sunday. You can account, you know, your payroll expenses, you can account service expenses, like everything. All your business expenses go right there. You can put your phone bill, your gas, and really right off everything. I'm not a licensed tax professional. I'm not an attorney. But in my experience, this is what I am doing to run my business. And and you can do the same thing too. I would say, now that I've shared this information, you should consult with an attorney or with a certified public accountant. 
someone that is practicing locally in your area. Just to double check. There might be some fees associated with that. I know I've probably spent a couple thousand dollars in just consulting fees by, you know, taking an attorney's time and an accountant's time. But you could spend, you know, a few hundred here, a few hundred there getting advice instead of a few thousand over a year to have them do something that you could very, very easily do. And you really want to pay attention to that. Like this is easy to do. This sounds like a lot of information, right? But you could go through this episode, just listen to what I'm telling you, maybe make a bulleted list of tasks, right? Business name, tax ID, business address, LLC, bank account, PayPal, QuickBooks self-employed. And then you can just do those things in that order. Once they're up and running, you don't have to worry too much about it. When you're checking your QuickBooks, it's like at the end of the day, when you're just sitting around doing nothing, when you're watching commercials on TV, you know, if you're editing, you're waiting for an export, just pull up the app and just start flat tagging uh, transactions. At the end of the month, it'll say you owe $700 in taxes. Just log into your IRS account and pay them 700 bucks. And then at the end of the year, you have your final uh, tax filing and you determine, you know, did you overpay or did you underpay? You want to try and be right on the money, honestly. Like you want to try and end up at exactly zero because all of that money, if you overpay into the IRS, is sitting in a non-interest bearing account and you can't do anything with it. So why would you tie up valuable money that you could use to invest into your business or just have it just in case for no reason? You don't want to do that. So if you can help it, try and be as accurate as possible when you're marking off income and expenses. So at the end of the year, when you send in your final file and with QuickBooks Self-Employed, you can do your end of the year taxes as well and do your final filing for that year and get your tax return. And here's the thing, when you're on top of your taxes like that and you're having tax returns actually filed and you have that document, you can use that as proof of income for a mortgage, for a loan, for a car or something down the line. Now, if you can help it, don't get into any debt at all ever (laughs) if you can help it. You know, eventually you might want to buy a house or you might need to upgrade, get a newer car, a bigger car, something that can lug all your gear around. And if you can't or don't want to buy it cash, if you're keeping track of all your expenses and filing your taxes properly, you use those tax returns to get the financing and you can get better rates. I mean, if you have good credit and you have a good income, you can really go far. So I hope that gave you a little bit of clarity on this process. It's a lot of steps. It is work, but it's not that difficult to do. And calling up a local attorney, a local business attorney, or a local CPA, if you had to do both, I'd say start with a CPA. They tend to be a lot cheaper. But their advice is going to help you make sure you stay compliant with everything and and. Don't let them sell you on filing for an LLC for you. I had an attorney quote me. It was going to be like $3,000 for him to set everything up. And, <laughs> you know, I did it myself for 600 It's a legal corporation. I didn't really fill out the mountain of paperwork and, and send in all these files that he was going to send. 
but you know a lot of that is boilerplate and a lot of that is kind of like fluff y- you could hire an attorney to draft some documents for you but you got to really consider that the LLC is about liability protection from someone suing you and it's about representing your business entity as like a single thing separate from yourself that you can sell. Your business entity has its own phone number, its own tax ID. I actually write a, a lot about this in You Are a Business when I'm comparing a legal entity to a personal entity. Um, they're very, very similar, almost indistinguishable when it comes to legal rights and certain things, almost indistinguishable, obviously. It's a really good learning experience to actually go through and do this yourself. So a lot of people are going to be tempted to say, well, I'm not dealing with that. I'm just going to pay a guy. I, I have a job or I have some savings. I'm just going to... You could. You could do that and you wouldn't be wrong. It's definitely a good idea to use professionals in your business that are going to help you just get the right things done. But, you know, I really would recommend you giving it a try on your own because you're going to save a lot of money and you're going to learn a lot of interesting things just by going through the experience. It's going to give you a little bit more insight onto starting and running a business than if you were to have someone else do it for you. You're going to be able to look at other businesses a little bit differently when you're thinking about how they're actually run. I have some friends that have uh, that have been in retail forever. They own some stores, and it's just so fascinating to you know sit and talk with them and learn about how the store is put together and run, and and you know break it down in your own mind to this point where it's this really easily accessible and understandable thing instead of just you know walking in buy your stuff and walk out. And the same thing is for like a photography business to really understand like deep in your bones what it takes to put this thing together, what it really takes to make a dollar. I feel like it just gives you a little bit more of a personal insight onto how into just business in general. And for me, I feel a more pride in my business knowing that I've been able to basically do every single thing, every step of the way by myself. And, you know, I only have to outsource things that I just don't want to do, not things that I can't or refuse to do for selfish or personal reasons. Like, I just don't feel like doing it because it's not my thing. I've never felt like I'm too good or that something is just beneath me. You know, I've been able to do basically everything. And so when I go to outsource a task, when I'm now actually calling attorneys and accountants to help me with legal issues and tax issues and accounting, I really understand what I'm talking about just as much as anybody else. And obviously, they're going to have a higher level of expertise with it. You're able to approach these issues with a lot more confidence and you're able to get them done a lot better because we have to face it as well. Like if you don't really have a firm grasp on your business in your mind, you tend to procrastinate on things. So this specific question, setting up the LLC, setting up the tax ID, how am I going to do the bank account? This issue alone could be preventing you from even going into business. I have conversations with my own family. I'm like, look, you're really good at that. You could just do that on your own. Why are you working for these jerks? And, you know, they're like, well, I have to set up the business thing and the LLC. And 
you could do that today. You could do that right now without leaving the table. You got a phone and an internet connection. But a lot of people, because they don't have like a really firm grasp on these kinds of business procedures, they just, they hesitate on taking action. And if you want to have a successful business, if you want to make money, you need to get used to taking action, a lot of action, right? This is one of those things that's going to help you get there. So yeah, you could you could pay a guy to do it all for you. I recommend doing it for yourself. If it's your first business, you really should try and do everything that you can every step of the way. And obviously, you know, get professional legal and accounting advice if you can. Some research online could help answer a lot of these questions too. You might find that you can confidently go through each of these steps just off of hearing what you've heard on this podcast and maybe reading through a couple blog articles or doing some research on your own local state or local government website uh, if they have one, which I hope they do. (laughs) They all should. And then, you know, go from there because you want to have something that you really own all of it and you understand every single piece and how they work together. Don't find yourself in a situation where someone else set up all these accounts for you and then there's a problem and you don't know how to deal with it. You you, you want to be able to have the understanding of every single process in your business, at least a casual passive understanding. You don't need to be an expert by any means. The only thing you need to be an expert at is selling photography services to real estate agents. That's the only thing you really need to master. You can get pretty good at everything else. But if you're great at selling photography services, you're going to have a successful business. You know, if you're focused on great sales skills and great photography skills, then you're going to be even better. (laughs) I know in my business, I did not focus so much on having amazing photography skills out of the gate but I was still able to build a business because I can sell. Now, did that affect, you know, repeat customers? Did that affect the speed of my growth? Yes, it did. But I was able to pick myself up uh, pretty quickly because I had a high volume of sales. So, you know, you want to focus on like really being an expert on those things, setting up the business, the taxes, the bank accounts, like that's important, but that shouldn't take up a whole lot of your time. That should take up just enough time to just get these things done and then move on with your life. So on that note, I'm going to end the episode right here. If you have any interest in asking me more questions or maybe getting some deeper answers on a couple of these topics, you can always please feel free to reach out to me. If you have any other topic that you'd like to cover, you can find me on Instagram at Tom Vargeletis, T-O-M-V-A-R-G-E-L-E-T-I-S. I also have that in the description. You could email me as well. You, my email is tom at ftrephoto.com. Looking forward to hearing from you in the future. And if you'd like to take a look at the Instagram page for our listener question today, this is sent in by Joey. You can take a look at Joey's Instagram page. You can find him at J-M-A-C-P-R-O. You could also find his photography pages, which are linked in his Instagram bio at Joe, J-O-E-S-T-R-O-K-U-S-Z, photo, P-H-O-T-O. And he's also a video producer photographer for at the 
Jill Biggs Group, J-I-L-L-B-I-G-G-S Group on Instagram. Uh, He's got some great work over there. Go ahead and take a look if you can. Joey, thanks so much for your question. Really appreciate it. And I hope that this episode actually answers it. I may have gone a little bit deeper on a, a couple things that, you know, maybe you hadn't thought of. If you got any new information out of this, please let me know. And for everybody else, I look forward to hearing comments or questions from you soon. Thanks for listening.